Welcome to the Mea Culpa series of this podcast. In this particular podcast series, I'm going to be interviewing uh, friends, families, colleagues to uh, share with you, the audience, the different mistakes that have been done uh, in their personal lives. And when I mean mistakes, I'm talking about financial mistakes, of course. The goals of these um, Mea Culpa series is really to give the audience uh, a sense of what real life uh, financial mistakes people have been doing. And so just to give you a broad sense of what type of financial mistakes uh, people in healthcare have been doing. I suspect that it won't be very different from financial mistakes made by other people uh, not in healthcare. But since this is a podcast uh, about healthcare professionals and for healthcare professionals, we might as well stick to that. During these uh, series, what we'll try to do is uh, figure out uh, the different underlying uh, reasons why uh, people have been making the mistakes that they've been making, but also at the end, try to figure out uh, what are the type of solutions or remediations that people can make to uh, better their financial future. How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for Healthcare Professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. How are things with you, Fabio? And I hope uh, you're staying safe during this uh, COVID pandemic. Hi, Boo. I'm doing very well and I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Uh, and uh, thank you for participating and sharing your experience. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Fabio. Hi, my name is Fabio and I work in the emergency department with Boo. And Boo uh, just want me to share some of the mistakes that I did in the past related to investment. I'm currently 35 years old, and um, I I used to uh, did full time uh, work full time as a nurse in the emergency department, and currently I'm uh, doing my master's um, in the university, and, and almost finished. Thank you, uh, Fabio. Tell us a little bit about uh, your personal life. Uh, do you live alone, or uh, do you live with family, and do you have kids? Uh, I currently uh, live in a, a condo building with my common law partner, uh, along with my two dogs. Uh, I do with my parents, uh, but we live separately. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I have, uh, it's, I would say, investing in uh, uh, a lot of the things that I have no idea or have a little understanding of. Uh, for example, like uh, I don't know too much about RSP or TFSA. And regarding the stock market, I just kind of went in blindly uh, because I, I listened to my, my family, my, my, my father and my brother kind of tell me, you know, oh, we should start early and, and start investing or you know, investing in the stock market. So that's what I did and kind of just went in without any doing much research. Yeah, that's a very common thing that people do uh, is that they invest in the stocks and also put their money in the market, um, but without really truly understanding what the, the stocks and the market really means. And it's a very common thing that people do. Um, you mentioned that um, you did it because your parents asked you to start saving early. What made you decide that stocks and putting money into the market was the thing to do? Um, out of all the investment products and savings products out there, uh, what made you decide to go into stocks and into the market? For example, uh, we could have entertained GICs. We could have looked at mutual funds. So the question is, uh, 
What made you decide to buy stocks? Yeah, and I would say it's mostly because of my parents. Uh, they had a they had a financial advisor, and uh, they they were you know recommended all these GIC and mutual fund and all these products, and uh, they didn't have much success with them. And uh, and also for my brother, uh, he kind of dabbles into the the stock market. It, it seems like he had quite a bit of success. So. I guess my my bias would be slightly skewed towards the stock market. No, absolutely, I understand. I think uh, a lot of us do this because of uh, guidance that we have from our parents or from our older siblings. Uh, but you know, usually it is not the first step uh, that we need to take. Uh, we need to take the first step in the orders of operation that is described in the financial pyramid, and that is really uh, to do the protection. Of our financial future, uh, when we buy, when we invest uh, into stocks and things like that, that's typically in the third order of operation. And so, uh, without building a good foundation, it sometimes could backfire on us. Uh, and but it doesn't mean that uh, there's no returning back here. Obviously, we can change things. So, Fabio. Um, now that you th you think this is a, a mistake that you've made, uh, not knowing about the stock market and the market and the stocks, w what do you think you uh, should be doing instead? I, I honestly don't know, and uh, I think that's that's why I, I sh I'm trying to learn more about this. I think uh, most people start this way and uh, haven't really looked into the orders of operation in the financial pyramid that we talked about that is in the first, first podcast uh, of this show. Uh, in, in that first uh, step, we need to build our foundation and build a solid foundation. And it's really about protection. And so protection and risk mitigation. One of the things that we need to do is look at building an emergency fund to make sure that if there's an emergency that we have some money to pay for that and not having to dip into our investments. The other thing that we need to do is in risk mitigation, we look at uh, protecting our life and our life savings. So for example, we would talk about life insurance, the different products in life insurance. We would talk about disability insurance, and we would talk about, for example, critical illness insurance. Um, are those the type of things that you've already done, uh, Fabio? I used to have uh, all the life insurance, uh, illness insurance, and disability insurance with my full-time job um, previously, but because I'm, I'm currently a student uh, and dropped to a casual status, I, I don't have any of those anymore. Oh, absolutely, then. Uh, you need to think about that now, uh, now that your circumstances have changed. But the amount of investment uh, in terms of monetary investment and time to get you to nursing, and now to do an NP and a master's, a lot of time and money have been invested into that. And so you do want to protect that as well, for sure. And so just to come back to that, that idea uh, that if, you know, you were being hit by a proverbial bus tomorrow, uh, all that uh, investment, the sweat, the money, the time is, is lost uh, and uh, is nothing is left for your family. And so I understand you have a uh, common law partner, but you also have parents. Uh, and so the question is, uh, what do you want to leave uh, those people uh, behind? Uh, and also, 
uh, what type of financial burden do you want them to avoid? And so these questions are, are very important. Um, I would say my parents uh, uh, are self-sufficient and they, they mentioned that not to worry about them if something happens. <laughs> that is fabulous. Um, but I, I still think that uh, we should um, take care of our parents and our dependents uh, regardless of what they say. Okay, Fabio, um, can you share with us uh, what is your salary before you uh, went to do this master's? Uh, and also, just from a, a working perspective, uh, up to what age do you think you wanted to work until? Of course, uh, my salary was about around $80,000 a year uh, when I was full-time. And now, uh, because of the school, I would say it's around $30,000. Uh, I didn't give too much thought into how, what age I want to work until, but I would say about you know, 60, 65, like the average age. Okay, so yeah, that's a common age for people who want to start retiring. Uh, but uh, at age 65, do you want to stop working altogether or you're thinking of a, maybe a partial retirement? Uh, I would say uh, a partial retirement if I, if I can or if I'm physically able to. Fabio, you mentioned that uh, you had some investment in stocks, but you also mentioned you did not do much uh, in terms of RRSP and uh, TFSA. So where did you keep uh, your uh, stock investment portfolio? In terms of the RRSP, uh, I have a, an investment uh, account that I set up quite early on, and I didn't really do too much about it because my... Um, my benefit used to also contribute to the RSP, so I couldn't really contribute too much. And then uh, the same with the TFSA. I, I have one that is set up at the very beginning when it first uh, uh, came out, and then I, I honestly didn't didn't do too much, and I don't know about too much about the TFSA specifically. In terms of the stock portfolio, uh, I would say most of my uh, stocks are in the you know the the bank stocks, so that that would be most of the majority of my uh, portfolio is. You mentioned earlier to me that uh, your stock portfolios are in a uh, direct investment account with a uh, bank. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. You also uh, mentioned that uh, you didn't understand uh, too much about RRSP and TFSA. Um, so RRSP is a registered retirement savings plan where you can uh, save the money uh, pre-tax, uh, meaning that the money that you put in this year, let's say in 2020, let's say you put in 10000 well, this 10000 is put into a an account where you can invest, uh, i.e. in stocks as you are already doing, uh, but this $10,000 is not counted as 2020 income, and so therefore you would be uh, saving the tax on that $10,000. In regards to uh, TFSA, well, it's almost the reverse. The TFSA is after tax money. So uh, you would pay your taxes in 2020 and then whatever is left. So let's assume there's maybe $6,000 left. Uh, you can use that $6,000 to put in a TFSA account and invest. And again, you can also invest in stocks like you currently do. But the difference between the RSP is pre-tax money, whereas TFSA, it is after-tax money. Now, in both accounts, the uh, investment and the growth and the interest are all tax-free for as long as you hold the account. So for 
RRSP, uh, you can take it out at the age of 65 uh, or uh, at any age after that. Uh, but you have to take it out at the age of 71 in the form of a RRIF, which we call RIF. Whereas in the TFSA, you don't have to take it out at all. You can even leave it in there until you pass away. Now, the, the flexibility of a TFSA is you do not have to wait till age 65 to take it out. You can take it out anytime you want. The difference between RRSP and TFSA when you take it out is that in the RRSP, when you take out the money, so let's just say you take out 20 grand, well, that 20 grand is considered income for that year that you take it out. And therefore, you are taxed at the year that you take it out. So if you took, let's say, 20 grand in 2021, then that 20 grand is considered income. Whereas for a TFSA, you do the same thing, you take out 20 grand in 2021, it is completely tax-free. That's why it's called tax-free savings account. Um, and so because you already pay tax at the beginning because it was after-tax money. And the, and the TFSA, you can take out at any time that you want. You do not have to wait till retirement. So for TFSA, does it mean that I have to put it in a savings account? Very good question, Fabio. Actually, the answer is no. Um, the TFSA account is like a RRSP account. You could use that money to invest in anything that you want. Most people will invest in mutual funds because it's easy, but you also have the opportunity to invest in an in index uh, fund. You can invest in stocks. You can invest in a REIT. You can also even invest in a private uh, type of lending products or what we call exempt market products. But that's uh, beyond the, the show today. And so the name TFSA is actually a misleading name because it doesn't mean that you can only invest in a savings account. So definitely beyond a savings account and beyond a GIC. And so that's a very common misunderstanding. So Fabio, coming back to um, your decision to invest in stocks, have you uh, analyzed or assessed your uh, time horizon, your risk capacity, and risk uh, tolerance before you made those purchases? Uh, to be honest, uh, before this podcast, I, I don't have an understanding of uh, you know these, these terms about uh, time horizon or risk capacity. Um, and that's why, that's why I'm here. Did you have an advisor helping you with this as well? No, I do not. Yeah, I think that's important to note. Uh, to have a safe uh, financial uh, plan we need to have a good strategy that fits your goals and your current lifestyle and your working uh, uh, longevity. Uh, and so it's important to have a financial planner to help you organize all that. Otherwise, we would be uh, investing haphazardly uh, without really knowing what directions we are heading. So yeah, working with uh, a financial planner or an advisor can definitely help you uh, assess time horizon, uh, risk capacity, risk tolerance, and also life goals and financial goals to help you uh, invest safely, but also efficiently. Yeah, but I've 
I've been wanting to uh, find a financial planner, and I'm uh, hoping or planning to go uh, to the bank to find one. Yeah, most people go to the bank as their number one choice,、uh, but it may not be the perfect choice for you.、Uh, you need to、uh, assess different types of, of advisors,、uh, and so there are different type of financial advisors out there. Uh, those who work with the bank, but those who also work independently.、Uh, my、uh, preference are to work with financial planners who work independently,、uh, because they、um, can assess your needs、uh, based on your needs and not necessarily what is tied to the bank. Now there are different、uh, type of ways that financial planners are、uh, compensated. They can be compensated via commission based. They could be compensated via a fee-based, which is either、uh, an hourly basis or a、uh, project basis, or it could be a blend of the two. And so, when you're looking for a financial planner,、uh, look for one that fits your needs and your own financial philosophy. So, let me just come back and uh, just uh, rephrase and reiterate. Uh, that when we are planning for our financial security, it is important to、uh, understand that we need to do the basics first to work towards a protection and do the first level of、uh, orders of operation. Then,、uh, before we invest, we need to understand our time horizon, our risk capacity, and risk tolerance, and finally, how this investment. It fits into our overall financial uh, strategy. Uh, it's important to have a plan in place to know where we're going,、uh, because if we fail to plan, we actually plan to fail. So it's important to have an overall strategy and avoid、uh, invest investing haphazardly. In addition to that, we need to think about how all this plays into a RRSP. And a TFSA, which we spoke about, and the differences between the two.、Uh, but if you want to have a better understanding, there's actually three podcast that talks about、uh, the TFSA.、Uh, we'll have a future podcast on RRSP.、Uh, but how all these investments fit into a registered plan versus a non-registered plan, and how this impact tax and tax planning for the future. Is crucial.、Uh, so, Fabio,、um, do you have any、um, tools to mitigate、uh, life risk? For example, life insurance,、um, disability insurance, or even、uh, critical illness insurance? No, I do not.、Uh, I used to have those insurance when I was working full time, but because、uh, I'm going back to school, I, I, I currently do not have those.、Uh, and earlier, I, I asked you, you know, what should you be doing instead? Uh, and I think it's important at this point to say that、uh, building a proper financial foundation、uh, is definitely why I think it, what is important, and、uh, risk mitigation is definitely part of it. Yeah, I think going forward,、uh, there's a few things that I could do. I think in in the long term, I can obviously you know understand. I'll try to know more about the RSP and the TFSA account,、uh, and then also you know get the foundation going, like you mentioned. Uh, and then, in the short term, I guess I would have to、uh, look for financial advisors just to help me 
plan all these things and then how to logistically uh, do all that stuff. Um, so what do you think you can do with your current uh, stock investments then? I think the first step would be to really look into my own, just kind of reflect on my own risk capacity and risk tolerance. And then uh, we'll see if there's anything that would fit in, into my uh, profile. Yeah, that's, that seems like a very sensible thing to do uh, moving forward, for sure. There are uh, numerous uh, financial products out there. For example, uh, mutual funds, index funds, uh, stocks, bonds, uh, ETF, and even REITs. Uh, definitely a lot of options out there that one can uh, review and assess and see how that fits into our own uh, profile. So definitely a lot of homework for you to do, uh, but uh, I think you're starting on a very interesting journey here, uh, Fabio. And I think uh, one of the things that I, I, I uh, would take from this, it's like uh, being a nurse, uh, all these, uh, a lot of these insurance are already kind of come packaged deal for us, so it becomes a bit uh, complacent and makes me doesn't want to do any more researching or understanding what other products are out there. As healthcare professionals, first of all, we get very little uh, a teaching uh, and learning about financial, uh, uh, personal finances. Uh, and then when we come out to work, a lot of things are done for us and, uh, and packaged for us. Uh, but um, we don't really know what they are for, but we just know that we have to do them. And so uh, relying on people to do that for us uh, sometimes come with flaws. Uh, and when we are no longer in that environment, for example, like yourself, you've gone back to school, you now have to redo this all over again for yourself uh, without that background from the people who packaged it up for you. And so, but I think even if it does come in a package, we still need to assess to see whether that package is appropriate for us, yes or no. And so definitely, uh, you know what? You're not the only one who made this mistake. Um, let let it be known that I've made all the mistakes you've talked about <laughs> just now uh, when I was younger. And so definitely I do feel and relate to what you are saying. Uh, we've all made them and I think it's through learning that uh, we'll slowly correct them. So thank you, Fabio, uh, for sharing this with us today. I know it was very courageous of you to uh, share this with the audience and uh, it is very much appreciated. You're very welcome, Fu, and uh, I, I really wanted to thank you uh, for inviting me here and I, I definitely learned a lot uh, of things that I should do and I, I should be doing soon. <laughs> so you're very much welcome, uh, Fabio. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, thank you for joining uh, us on this show. Um, so we're going to leave the show here and uh, I hope to see everybody uh, next time. Thank you. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.